Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and intentional ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. We've got about eight big headlines for today's Pelicanus News. I've categorized them into drawdown and regulations and policy. These stories are pretty wild, and they're also reminders to me that conservation success comes in all different forms. All right, this first one is in drawdown. Popularmechanics.com says it is official. Solar is the cheapest electricity in history. The International Energy Agency says the cost per megawatt to build solar plants is below fossil fuels worldwide for the first time. Public success stories like Elon Musk's solar and wind battery farm in Australia have helped move public sentiment. Carbon Brief summarizes the annual report with a lot of key details. The World Energy Outlook 2020 offers four pathways to 2040, all of which see a major rise in renewables. Carbon Brief says. All four international energy agency scenarios include a mix of renewables as well as nuclear and the world's remaining fossil fuel plants. Solar is possible thanks to risk-reducing financial policies around the world, the agency says, and it applies to locations with both the most favorable, favorable policies and the easiest access to financing. That's pretty cool. Uh, similarly, this next article is from TheVerge.com. It says, the next generation of power plants will be virtual. Virtual power plants are gaining traction because they solve some big problems with aging electricity grids. Increasing number of homes, numbers of homes outfitted with solar panels and batteries have the potential to help power entire regions with renewable energy. Working together, homes with solar setups are turning neighborhoods into virtual power plants that can feed power back to the grid and prevent blackouts. These interconnected solar power systems are popping up uh, across the globe, from apartment complexes in California and Utah to public housing in South Australia. In the future, virtual power plants might even be made up of fleets of electric vehicles. It's the next generation of solar power technology. Pretty cool. Third one here is from thegrist.org. Carbon capture moonshot moves closer as billions of dollars pour in. As the world dices with climate emergency, businesses and governments are starting to push funding toward technology that aims to trap planet heating gases rather than let them saturate the atmosphere. Carbon capture is a controversial idea, attacked as a costly distraction from stopping emissions occurring in the first place. But last month, the International Energy, Energy Agency said it was an imperative part of the mix, warning that it would be virtually impossible 
for the world to hit climate targets without capturing and storing emissions generated from factories, power plants, transportation, and other sources. The transition to renewable energy, such as solar and wind, would not cut emissions in time, the IEA said. In an eye-catching recent deal, a consortium including Amazon and Microsoft invested in Carbon Cure Technologies, a Canadian firm seeking to slash the carbon dioxide emissions of concrete. Producing cement, the key ingredient in concrete, creates as much CO2 than if the industry were a country. Only China and the United States would emit more over the course of a year. This one's uh, from, actually I really love this website, it's called the Narwhal. Uh, the narwhal.ca RBC becomes first major Canadian bank to refuse to fund oil drilling in Arctic refuge. Canada's, Canada's largest bank, the Royal Bank of Canada, RBC, has quietly become the first major financial institution in the country to refuse to fund any oil and gas development in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge in Alaska. Due to its particular ecological and social significance and vulnerability, RBC will not provide direct financing for any project or transaction that involves exploration or development in the ANWR, reads RBC's updated policy guidelines for sensitive sectors and activities posted. Wow. RBC is committed to finding ways to balance the transition to a low-carbon economy while supporting efforts to meet global energy needs and our energy clients, Andrew Block, an RBC spokesperson, said in an email to the Narwhal. Block said RBC has never financed any oil and gas development in the refuge and noted the policy update is a proactive decision to ensure development isn't funded in the future by the institution. That's pretty special, and I really hope other banks start paying attention. All right, last one in drawdown. Oregon's only coal-fired power plant closes for good. This is out of KGW.com. Portland General Electric closed the Boardman Coal Plant on October 15th as the company further transitions to using renewable energy sources. The Boardman coal plant pumped out between 1.5 million and 2 million tons of carbon dioxide a year, all of it invisible. That made it the single biggest point of greenhouse pollution in Oregon. It's also tiny when you consider worldwide carbon emissions from coal plants in 2018 totaled 10 gigatons. That's 10 billion metric tons. Boardman is the first but not the last coal plant to close in the West. Over eight years, 12 plants will shut down, taking down enough dependable electricity uh, to power 3.8 million homes. In the regulations and policy category, first one is from mongabay.com. The old faithful uh, Madagascar shuts down illegal gold mine, but activists remain in legal limbo. Earlier this month, Madagascar's government suspended a controversial gold mining operation uh, in a commune in the country's southeast. The project, a dredging operation in the Isaka River that allegedly uses mercury to separate gold from ore, has caused notable damage to the river, local economy, and public health, prompting near-unanimous local opposition. A demonstration in September against the mine prompted a visit by officials that led to the mine's suspension. 
However, prosecutors are investigating six people for involvement in the, the demonstration, including one who was previously jailed as a result of his opposition to the mining project. The next one is out of goodnewsnetwork.org. Singapore's plan to plant 1 million native trees will protect species and put a park 10 minutes away from every citizen. <laughs> In an effort to restore Singapore's once rich mangrove forest ecosystems, the nation is embarking on a 1 million tree planting spree in hopes that they can save numerous bird, reptile, and tree species from extinction and provide a ton of valuable ecosystem services. The government is also sponsoring the creation of rooftop gardens, curbside foliage, and other green city projects like therapy garden parks, which will be designed to meet the physical, psychological, and social needs of park goers. Visitors will be able to experience a range of health benefits such as the relief of mental fatigue, reduced stress, and improved emotional well-being. All right, last headline. Uh, this is uh, from CNN.com. Canada will ban plastic bags by end of next year. The country plans to ban single-use plastics, checkout bags, straws, stir sticks, six-pack rings, cutlery, and even foodware made from hard-to-recycle plastics nationwide by end of 2021. The move is part of a larger effort by the nation to achieve zero plastic waste by 2030. Plastic pollution threatens our natural environment. It fills our rivers or lakes, and most particularly our oceans, choking the wildlife that live here. Canadian Environmental Minister Jonathan Wilkinson said in a news conference, Canadians see the impact that pollution has from coast to coast to coast. Wow. The plan has also included improvements to keep plastic in our economy and out of our environment. Single-use plastics have three characteristics that make them a uh, target of the ban. They are harmful in the environment, they are difficult or costly to recycle, and they are readily available alternatives. According to the government, Canadians throw away more than 3 million tons of plastic waste every year, and only 9% of that plastic is recycled. <laughs> if that's not something to be optimistic about, I don't know. Um, I hope these stories bring uh, some lightness uh, to the beginning of your month, and um, I really look forward to sharing more in the future. <laughs> <laughs>